0: This is COVID Connections on the Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. And on the line, I want to speak to Carl Dieter from the Irish Mortgage Brokers. Carl, normally on the air to talk about all sorts of things, but today his speciality is talking about mortgages. During COVID-19, of course, everybody is concerned about their house price, the value of their equity in their homes. Maybe you're a first-time buyer. Is it the right time to buy? Carl Dieter, good afternoon to you. How are you doing, Niall? Carl, it's a mess. That's all I suppose we can really say about it. It's a complete and utter mess. And the mess started four months ago, of course. You would have noticed an immediate, I suppose, people being cautious about purchasing a home. Is that still the case now? Yeah.
1: Um, well, I suppose when, when you say it's a mess, like, that's really just a reflection of the economy in general. The, the good news is that the mortgage market has actually remained very functional throughout this. People might be surprised to hear that, but let's not lose sight of the fact that, that banks... Dealt with, uh, you know, about seventy thousand mortgage restructures in the first two months. Which was, they did more restructures in the first six weeks of the of the pandemic than they did in the first six years of the, the Great Recession. So, you know, that that was just mm-hmm. going to show how, how fit they were for purpose. Now they, they were like that for an awful reason because of the last crisis. But just, I th- I thought that was something good. People were still drawing down loans right throughout this whole time still applying for loans right throughout this whole time. There's two things that have happened, though, that is where things did get a bit messy, and this is where we're seeing some of the issues. One was people who were affected by uh, the pandemic in terms of their income They have, have in some cases, lost the ability to get the loan that they thought they were going to be able to get. Where do they they stand on that? So
0: if I have to produce a bank statement for my mortgage company to get my mortgage approval or the mortgage approval that I already had, and now they Mm -hmm. want another bank statement because I've been out of work for six weeks and maybe I'm in construction and I'm only back in work again, where do people stand? Do we have to wait now another three months to produce three months of clean bank statements?
1: Well, that's kind of a tricky one because that's really like... That's been dealt with on a case by case basis. But suffice to say, uh, people who are kind of who might stand to lose out in a home where the seller says, no, look, I'm, I'm gonna put it back on the market, even if they've paid a deposit, usually the contract has subject to loan approval. And if the bank unapproves the loan, then at least they have a get out clause, which is is the nice thing. Um, but what you'd see is say for instance somebody who's affected where their income is affected by coronavirus that, you know, that they're going to have to put off their plans. Or you'll have people who thought they had a sale and now the buyer got scared and they pulled out or they came back with a lower price. You see, prices are going to fall. I mean, that's just a natural given okay, in my well, mind. Well,
0: let's talk about that, okay? So the, okay. the average house price in Dublin, we were still continuing to uh, see kind of stability in the market up to, you know, kind of January. We've seen house, house prices rise in the last seven or eight years, but they were starting to stabilize a little bit. We've actually seen a tiny drop, actually, in Dublin. Uh, but generally speaking now house prices, how will they be affected by this? So my five hundred thousand euro home, for example not my personal one, I'm just saying I mean, on, is me this example. Is that going to drop in value and by how much probably?
1: Uh, well I, I you see the thing is when you talk about value, that's really only if you if you sell. That there's a thin amount of housing that is trading at any given time like only a small section of housing is trading but that kind of sets the price for everything else but if you don't have to sell you don't have to move your life is going to be the same now as it used to be and it's not going to make any difference at all uh, the fact is though is, is when you get a big shock like this unemployment goes up there's a lot of fear in the economy people are concerned uh, like I said it's kind of a given that asset prices will fall you've seen that happen in stocks you're going to see it in property property tends to respond slower and recover slower And so I think that, you know, through to the end of the year that you will see prices in some areas fall. But we are also seeing people, by the way, who are, you know, going out and bidding on a house and they're already getting, uh, they're already competing where people have gone in and offered the asking price. Uh, That was where a house wasn't overpriced. And people are saying, look, if I'm doing this over 20 years, you know, if it goes down 5,000, 10,000, does that really make a difference over the course of the rest of your life? I mean, it does, but if they're willing to pay it, then that's their choice. I mean, you're right. It's not going to affect the price of the house unless I'm
0: actually selling it. In other words, the value of the house is not affected unless you're actually selling it. But there there are people in situations, for example, what about, you know, first time buyers and wage subsidies on wage subsidy schemes? Are banks kind of blanket not accepting applications for people on a wage subsidy scheme whereby the government are paying 70% of their salary currently at the moment. Are the banks saying well no, you're a risk, we're not going to take you on and besides that, you know, maybe you're working in a pub on a wage subsidy scheme at the moment or you're working in a business which uh, through the government's social distancing for past September is going to be badly affected or your, your business may f- fold up.
1: That's responsible lending and unfortunately like you can't have it both ways, where we say, you know, we want to have the banks not act recklessly, and then we also want them to to lend to people because we have an emotional reaction to whether that person gets a loan or not. I mean, if not, if you were the bank, would you lend to someone who is in that situation? Well, yeah, it, it wouldn't be the most prudent choice, would it? Yeah, but that person's in that situation through no fault of their own. But we're not talking about fault; we're talking about credit. And that's not about who's right and wrong. That's about your ability to repay a loan and
0: nothing else. But I'm still getting money. I just happen to be getting part of it from the state at the moment.
1: Yeah, and you might be in what's considered precarious employment. And because of that uncertainty, it's not, they're not saying that they'll never lend to you. But right now, it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea for that person either, necessarily.
0: So, so if that person is currently on a wage subsidy from the state, you're basically saying we need to wait three, six months for them to have a nice, clean statement and their business that they're in or the, the, the kind of business that they're in to, to prove to us that that business is going to survive,
1: uh, I suppose, this downturn. Look, you've got to be back in work. The whole three, six-month thing, that's, that's kind of... That's not like a steadfast rule, but you do have to be back in your normal work. It would just be a responsible ending not to look for that. I mean, like think of the amount of times that you've had someone on talking about the bank gave me money and, you know, they gave me more than I should have gotten or, you know, Back, I didn't back want in
0: 2006, a li- yeah, the Celtic yeah. Tiger, yeah.
1: I mean, that story is like a rinse and repeat narrative that we never got sick of telling. And now we have the reverse of that where people are saying, you know, I, I can't afford that loan, but I actually do want it. I mean, pick a side. Come on. Like, you've got to come down on this on one side or the other eventually. Okay, and For my part, I think that responsible lending is the better choice. And that does annoy people. And I'm sorry, but look, that's just life. Okay, so he said, can you ask,
0: Carl, would he buy a new build now that's in phase two or wait for phase three where there might be a price drop?
1: You could go to a new build now and offer a lower price. And I think the builders might adjust accordingly depending on, on transactions. I mean, if, if, if they're not getting sales, the only thing they can do is to lower the price. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you're already locked into something, then you might be a bit late for that. But if, if you're only like gone sale agreed, you can, I, I, I think it's a, a cruel thing to do, but you can do it. It's called gazundering. It's where you go back and you just offer a lower price after the, after the seller has already agreed to do the sale. And um, it won't make you many friends in life. But, you know, we've seen people get a few quid off doing that. Um, I see, was gazumping, or gazumping,
0: I thought it was called, was, was that not made illegal going back 10, 15, 20 years ago?
1: No, it's still totally legal. The way private treaty works, you can, you can until you've that contract is signed, you, you're still in the negotiation phase. Mm-hmm. So gazumping is where someone has gone sale agreed and you go in and offer more to try and boot them out. Gazundering is the reverse. That's where you've gone sale agreed and then you just come back with a lower price on the basis that it would be so painful for the person to go back and start over that they'll right, accept. Okay. okay, and again, and it's, and in relation it's to builders, upon, but it's something that does happen.
0: Okay, and, and finally, in relation to builders, there's a suggestion out there, Now, I know somebody kind of spoke at a turn a while ago saying that the building construction industry could be 40% higher. Is there a possibility that the drop in value of houses could be balanced out by the increase in the cost of building houses through social distancing?
1: Absolutely. It's something that I've been talking about for a long time is that we're actually killing our future ability to to produce housing, not only by putting everything on pause, but because of the slowdown in global supply chains. So, for instance, certain things have been priced up or or just delayed, like a lot of steel work, because it's done through specific precision engineering, Uh, was shut down. And now getting back to work, even getting the steel in for a lot of different jobs, that's all slowed down. Instead of having four trades on a job, you might have two. But what? let's just think about this logically. The, the big question is always, what next? So you've got this increase in price, but this, this market dynamic, which wants to push prices down because of economic factors. And logically, the most likely outcome of that is that construction will uh, slow down because no one's going to build if they can't sell at that price. And then that creates a shortage, which then pushes prices back up. You see, we had a housing shortage before this. We'll have one after it. And... The logical thing is that sentiment is going to push prices down, but reality is actually going to push them back up. So I think there's a bit of a a decent timing piece there where if you were to to buy a property and negotiate well on it, you could do okay. I still think that the market is going to catch up with itself and topple you know, around 2026. Okay. But we do still have good years left.
0: Okay, final question. Uh, somebody says, um, if, you're, if you're getting your house currently valued at the moment for legal reasons, is it possible that the value of the property now would be less than the value of the property four months ago?
1: Well, if you're getting it valued for legal reasons, um, like if you were inheriting a house, you would want the lowest valuation you could legally get if you were selling it you would want to get the highest valuation you could legally get. So all I would say is if you want to, to get beyond the recourse for whatever your motivation is for doing that, then at least get two valuations from different estate agents, and that at least gives you some kind of ballpark that you can pick a middle figure or go with one or the other. But right. I mean, if you've got a place, like for instance, if someone was transferring a property that was worth 500000 and they want to say, oh, that was transferred after the pandemic. So it's now worth, you know, 200,000. Revenue, are going to spot that a mile away. They're not idiots, you know. So Okay, so as
0: you're saying realistically, the value should be pretty much in and around the same now as it was before the pandemic.
1: No, Re- no, I, I think it'd be reasonable to value it less. Okay. But what I'm saying is, you know, use your common sense. If you're trying to, if you're, tr- what, what I mean by is this, that question seems to me like that the value going a certain way might benefit this person uh, mm-hmm. just you know, use common sense. If, you're, if you want to play a real straight game, get two valuations and go with one of them or go with the midpoint between them.
0: All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed, Carl Dieter from the Irish Always great Morgan Spokes. Okay, I'm going to go as well to Angela Keegan, who's the MD of myhome.ie. Good afternoon to you, Angela.
2: Good afternoon, Niall, and thanks for having me.
0: Good. I mean, the last four months, I'm sure, have been difficult for my and everybody who's involved in property, because everybody's kind of put life on hold at the moment, haven't they?
2: Well, it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster. We uh, went from all working in an office together, like many other businesses, to working from home, and mm-hmm. uh, literally overnight. And um, that wasn't without its challenges. But yeah, the the basically the property sector the the market has been in hibernation you could say for two and a half months yeah
0: everything and, has been put uh, on hold so to
2: everything speak. absolutely yeah. has been put on hold and it's interesting to see consumer behavior because in the early days of the lockdown like the first couple of weeks of the lockdown people certainly were not interested in property and traffic towards sites took a hit of up to 40% on some days and Mm -hmm. I'm sure news sites etc were absolutely overrun with traffic. But what's been really interesting is um, over the course of the uh, crisis uh, when we look at our May traffic figures May is actually right back, and actually we've seen more uh, visitors to the site in May 2020 than we than we did in May 2019. So people are anticipating
0: Augustus. the end of the lockdown, so to speak, and anticipating people, the getting back to work.
2: I think people are anticipating the end of the lockdown, and I also think there's a, a it's a signalling a pent up demand. And over the weekend or yesterday, we had um, a survey out. We conducted a survey to uh, on visitors to the site, uh, which finished on the 14th of May. So it's, it's um, relatively recently. And 68%, so that's over two-thirds of potential buyers, are planning to purchase property within, within the next year. But what was interesting really is, that this correlates with one part of, of um, potential buyers have a general expectation that prices are going to decline by over 10%. So there's there's a real interest in property. Potential buyers, there's a window of opportunity. Have you noticed that yourself bargain. now
0: with, with advertisers who are advertising their properties with you? Uh, well, certainly over the last um, month, have you noticed a drop in the asking prices or are they in it around the same?
2: They're absolutely in or around the same. Now it has to be said if you look at April and May last year there was about 9,000 properties came to the market. If you look at April and May this year under 2,000 properties came to the market. Why, as we all said, the market's in hibernation. But I have to be honest, those 2,000 properties that have come to the market over the last couple of months are being priced no differently than properties that came to the market in February or March. And how are
0: people, but how do people view these, apart from obviously viewing it on your website and obviously there's a good deal of photographs there for them to have a look at, but people want to see it in the flesh, so to speak. How are they viewing the properties? Are they doing it virtually or, or how do you go about arranging somebody to view a property? I know that's not maybe well, your speciality but
2: yeah well it's it's a really good question like virtual viewings have become um you know hugely important and at my home we actually launched a new product one of the first in the world to do it we launched a, a my home live product which enables an estate agent to uh, conduct a live viewing of a property to any number of potential buyers answering any questions they may have and and again it's using technology through my home if the you know the uh, Somebody viewing wants somebody to go back upstairs because I want to see what's behind that I want to have a look in that cupboard, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to have a look in that (laughs) cupboard. So it's the nearest thing possible to an actual real viewing. And while, you know, nothing is a substitute for actually getting a feel of a place, what it absolutely does do is it allows potential buyers rule themselves in or rule themselves out of, course, of taking yeah. it a step further. More so probably
0: so, rooting themselves out rather than, yeah, yeah I mean, I, do, looks, I don't like to look at that we here we're, we're exactly, out, yeah. yeah.
2: exactly. Like, I think long gone are the days of, you know, 20, 30 parties traipsing through a house for sale on a Saturday morning. I think that heavy lifting work now has moved online. And my, my genuine, belief, genuine belief is that that's going to stay online and we're going to see that change in consumer behaviour as, as as we come out of this crisis.
0: And what, about, and what about the time it's taking to sell a house? I know it varies from county to county, Dublin obviously being the quickest, I imagine. And maybe I'm wrong in saying that. But I'm yeah, sure.
2: the, the our last analysis uh, showed that it took, uh, in, uh, and an average, I'm giving you an average, an average was um, just over four months. So... The, the, you know, the sale of a house can be somewhat protracted and, you know, there, there are tools, online tools there, whether it's for bidding, whether it's for conveyancing, as I say, whether it's for viewing, but Behaviour is usually the last thing to change and I think one thing that the market and anyone buying or selling has learned over the last few weeks is that really had there been wider adaptation of online tools and services, the market perhaps wouldn't have slowed to the extent that it did. So I do think into the future that that's one of the positive outcomes of the pandemic is that we will see more and more of the transaction going online. Will, you, will really we ever get back to normal viewings?
0: Will we ever? Do you think we'll ever get back to normal viewings where it'll I be a case of people queuing outside on Saturday morning?
2: I, I, My own belief is that, as I said before, a lot of the heavy lifting will be done online. Um, that's not to say that, you know, people don't want to see a home. But I think, you know, if you think of it, vendors will be, quite i'd say cautious of you know an awful lot of people coming into their home estate agents while they're back to work next week it's under very strict protocols for showing houses only you know one couple at a time no children by appointment Uh, by
0: appointment i assume by
2: appointment only absolutely by appointment only and you know uh, ppe equipment uh, of masks etc gloves um, cleaning down of surfaces before and after, so it's quite onerous. So I would. And I suppose it'll
0: be something a vendor will have to do if they want to sell their home, because they will have a better opportunity to sell it if they're yes. allowing people to visit in the in the flesh, well, so to speak.
2: They absolutely uh, will, and and there's no question that a vendor would stop people coming in. But again, I think and um, that ruling yourself in uh, further into I want to look at this more closely, or ruling yourself out. Um, I do believe that element of the transaction will be done online. And how
0: many properties, Angela, do they have currently on MyHome.ie at the moment? How many properties? I'm
2: currently have, on my home. it's just about uh, uh, just under twenty thousand. Actually, stock is the big issue, and stock is one thing we need to watch because, um, as I said, we you know the market's been in hibernation and stock is down about twenty percent uh, where it was uh, this time last year. So while there's you know huge interest and there's pent up demand for property. I think when those potential buyers, you know, uh, when the market really opens back up and they go seriously on the hunt again, I think they might find that there isn't as much. I know they would find that there's just not as much stock there as they would like and great to see the construction industry coming back. But unfortunately, we had 21,000 homes, new homes built in the country last year. Still not enough to meet demand. That's definitely going to be reduced this year. Of course, yeah. given that uh, you know there was no building for eight weeks or ten weeks, mm-hmm. and now social distancing, and that's going to further impact the market. So there's an expectation and a consumer sentiment that prices will reduce. I think we, you know, if we have to wait. Uh, probably in another six, eight weeks, to really see what's going to happen with price. But I think some of that will be offset by um, potential stock shortage.
0: Well, listen, all very interesting and interesting times ahead for not just you, but for everybody who's a purchaser as well. Angela Keegan, who's the MD of myhome.ie. Thanks very much for joining us. I appreciate it. All right, uh, and if you have any questions in relation to property, of course, you can contact my home. You can contact Carol Dieter, Dieter as well, at the Irish Mortgage Brokers. Or, indeed, you can contact your local vendors or estate agents in relation to that. Because, of course, going could be very interesting and certainly uncharted territory with COVID-19 in the future when it comes to purchasing houses. COVID Connections on the Nile Boylan Show. Classic hits.